It is the role of a mother to give birth to her children. For further information on that subject, you may consult the biology textbook. It is the role of a mother to nurture her children. It's the role of a mother to comfort her children. It's the role of a mother to discipline her children, even if they respond by whining and stomping their feet and calling her names. You are the meanest mommy in the whole world. It is the role of a mother to challenge her children, whether they want to be challenged or not. It is the role of a mother to settle arguments that take place between her children. In fact, in most homes, a mother functions as an unpaid referee. At least my mother did in my home. And although there were only two of us, my sister and myself, she had her hands full. It is the role of a mother to teach the truth to her children. Most of us learned our first, and I dare say perhaps, most important lessons in life from our mothers. Speaking of important lessons, it is the role of a mother to be a teacher of forgiveness and a facilitator of forgiveness. Think about it. Who was the first person you said, I'm sorry to, in your life? It was probably your mother. And how often did your mother say to you, tell that person you're sorry? Tell your brother you're sorry for hitting him. Tell your sister you're sorry for calling her those names. Obviously, I mention all this today because it's Mother's Day. But I also mention these things because they have an application to the spiritual dimension of our lives, specifically to that reality that we call the church. And our readings today confirm this. Now, if you're one of those people who sees the church only in institutional terms, you're not going to understand what I'm talking about, at least immediately. You might think I'm crazy here. You might be thinking, Father Ray, the church is an impersonal institution. It's a big worldwide bureaucracy. It's not anything like my mother. Oh, yes, it is. I said a few moments ago that it's the role of a mother to give birth to her children. That happens for us, spiritually speaking, at the moment water is poured on our heads and the priest deacon or somebody else says the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Through a sacramental act of Mother Church, we are born again. At the moment of baptism, of water and the Holy Spirit, we become God's children. We become members of His family. We receive sanctifying grace into our souls. And remember, if a person does not have sanctifying grace in his soul at the moment of his death, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Sanctifying grace, don't leave earth without it. So for that reason alone, for bringing us the grace that we need 
to pass through the pearly gates and into God's kingdom, we should be grateful, all of us, to the church as our spiritual mother. But it doesn't end there. As I said a few moments ago, it's the role of a mother to nurture her children. The church does that for us spiritually every single day through the word of God. If we let her. As Jesus said in this gospel text from John 14, whoever loves me will keep my word. In other words, whoever loves me will be nurtured by my word, formed in obedience by my word through prayer and the sacraments. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. But we have to allow this nurturing to happen. It's not automatic. You see, just as we can cut ourselves off from our nurturing earthly mothers, and sad to say, that does happen sometimes. People disown their mothers. They disown their own parents. So we can also cut ourselves off from our nurturing spiritual mother. We can choose not to pray. We can choose not to actively participate at Mass. We can choose to tune out the truth of Scripture and Church teaching. But please hear me, my brothers and sisters, when we do that, when we make that choice to turn our backs on our spiritual mother and live by our own rules, there are consequences. Almost always, we end up angry and bitter and unhappy. Just as we become angry and bitter and unhappy when we cut ourselves off from our earthly mothers. I'll give you an example of what I mean. I know a woman here in Westerly who has a very close friend in the entertainment industry. Her friend is a world-famous comedian. If I mentioned her name, I won't, but if I did mention her name, most of you would recognize it immediately. I just saw this woman in a feature film two or three months ago. Sad to say, this comedian is also an ex-Catholic, a very bitter one, a very angry one. And every time she gets together with this woman from Westerly, or even talks to her on the phone, she spews her venom against the church, against the church's teaching. In the terms of this homily, she whines and stomps her feet and calls her mother all kinds of names, most of which cannot be repeated from this pulpit. She has not allowed herself to be nurtured by her spiritual mother, the church, for many years. In fact, she would tell you in no uncertain terms that she hates her spiritual mother. She also obviously doesn't have inner peace. That's evident from her conversations with her friend here in Westerly. To me, that's not a coincidence. You cannot have peace deep down in your heart if you hate your mom. The natural one God gave you 
or the spiritual one God gave you. It's not going to happen. I said earlier that it's the role of a mother to comfort her children. As Jesus said in this gospel, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This woman, this comedian, would find comfort if by the grace of God she was able to let go of her anger and come back home to her spiritual family, to her spiritual mother. She'd find the peace that she obviously does not have at the present moment. And it's certainly possible. It's happened to many other people. Maybe it's happened to some of you. It can certainly happen to this woman. We should pray that it does. We should pray that everyone who hates their spiritual mother will have a conversion, a transformation of heart. That's what God wants. I said earlier that it's the role of a mother to teach, to challenge, and to discipline her children, whether they like it or not. And most, I dare say, do not like it. I didn't. <laughs> when I was growing up. The story in today's first reading from Acts 15 is a perfect example of our spiritual mother of the church doing all three of those things. Teaching, challenging, and disciplining. Apparently there were some early Jewish converts to Christianity who were going around without the apostles' permission telling people that non-Jews, Gentiles, were bound to observe all the rituals of the Mosaic Law in the Old Testament if they wanted to be Christians. Now, among other things, that meant that adult, Gentile men would have to get circumcised. I don't think they were too thrilled about that. I heard about a man the other day who was recently circumcised. He's in his, either his late 80s or early 90s. It was for medical reasons. I'm sure that was not pleasant for him. That's why this was a big issue. Under the guidance and anointing of the Holy Spirit, as we heard, the apostles met. And they discerned the will of Jesus on the matter. The final decision was that Gentiles could become Christians without being circumcised if they were males and without observing all the ritual laws of the Old Testament. I'm sure there were many Gentile households in the first century that had big parties when they heard about this. That became the official teaching of Holy Mother Church. The teaching, as we heard in that text, was then announced. It was taught everywhere. People were challenged. They were challenged to be faithful to it. And those who continued to promote what was false were disciplined. At least verbally. Holy Mother Church continues to do all those things. To teach, to challenge, and to discipline with the authority of Jesus Christ in the world today. And many people, including many Catholics, don't like it. They stomp their feet, they get angry. But I ask you, my brothers and sisters, really, what do we expect? Every good earthly mother teaches and challenges and disciplines her children. Why? It's because each good mother, every good mother, loves her children. A good mother wants her children to fulfill their potential, to be the best they can possibly be. 
Shouldn't we expect the very same thing from our spiritual mother? Of course, as I said at the beginning of my homily, every good mother also forgives and is a facilitator of forgiveness when her children fail to live according to her teachings. The same is true of Holy Mother Church, who, praise God, forgives us through the sacraments, especially baptism and reconciliation. So today is a day for us to remember and to thank God for the mother who gave us physical birth, who nurtured us, taught us, challenged us, disciplined us, comforted us when we were in pain, and who forgave us when we hurt her and then said we were sorry. Even if she was not the best mother she could possibly be, she did choose life for us. And for that fact alone, especially in the modern world, we should praise God. But at the same time, we should also thank the Lord for providing us with a mother who has given us our spiritual rebirth. A mother who will nurture and teach and challenge and discipline and comfort and forgive us for the rest of our lives. If we let her. We should praise and thank God, in other words, for giving us Holy Mother Church to be our guide here on this earth. Because you know what, my brothers and sisters? We all need a mother. We all need a motherly presence in our life. That's true whether we're five or a hundred and five or even 50.